Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Was the summer before the real world started and the deal was we would get to go if we cleaned it up and got it running. That is old Winnebago and winging a prayer down a 65 by best friend on football ties. I can still see Billy smiling when we finally made it. The Talladega before we raised
transformation. A thorough or dramatic change in appearance. Sure, that's the textbook definition, but it really means we're getting you in the locker room on game day with the new Talladega Garage experience. Come see it for yourself this October. I'm Matt DiBenedetto, driver of the number 95 Procore Toyota Camry, and you're listening to The Pit Stop with Tim Despain. From Doug and Nation, I'm Tim with Spain, alongside of SpeedwayDigest.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right outside of Richmond Raceway up there in the Commonwealth of Virginia. And the way the crow flies, I'm about eight miles south of this 2.66-mile monster we call Talladega Super Speedway. Stephen, how you doing tonight, bro? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. How about yourself? I'm doing good, Stephen. We finally got some cool. We finally got some rain. We got some rain yesterday. Just to let you know, I think I have told you, it's been since we went to uh, Darlington for the Bojangles Southern 500 up there with that good bunch of Carrie Tharp. That was the last measurable rain we had here at my house, just south of Talladega. So that just lets you know just how dry everything is. And the, the temperatures are cooling down, uh, I think. Uh, Sunday morning race week here, I think the temperature is going to be like 55 or 58, something in the morning, but we're still under a no-burn order from the state of Alabama for the fire marshals. But I did see some stuff today come out of Talladega Super Speedway. They got, we, we think we got enough measurable rain for all the fans to have a campfire, but they express diligently keep the fire contained, keep it you know in a fire pit, keep rocks or however you got it going. But I think we're going to be okay this weekend here at Tyler Super Speedway, brother. I mean, it sounds like it's going to be good weekend down there. Um, so it's uh, uh, it's been a little bit chilly up my way. It's been in, we finally switched over to, to uh, fall-type weather now with uh, mist and rain falling for the majority of the day and um, I know they were up in Richmond earlier trying to test the test the new um, next gen car. So you know, I, they had to they had to battle that um, you know throughout today, and I think they'll be back again tomorrow. But uh, I think tomorrow's supposed to be a little bit better rain wise. But you know, we're still still going to be chilly up here, but we're finally switching over into weather fall weather that is. That's right. And at least y'all are not y'all are not in a drought, are you, brother? Like like we are here in Central Alabama. Um, no, we're we're not in a drought. Um, we just um because we're close to the coast, they uh, um, they they have these uh, wind warnings. Um, you know, because uh, the weather, I mean the yeah, the weather and the wind and stuff that comes off both the Atlantic Ocean and the Bay around here. It uh, it, uh you know, whips the wind around. Um, and can start brush fires fairly quickly so um you know again they're they're kind of more 
you know, caution us and have wind advisories for uh, you know most of the area around here. But again, like you, you've got to you know, keep keep yourself contained. No, per uh, no. I mean, I'll, there's no uh, bonfires or anything like that, and everything's going to stay contained for right now. That's right, Steve. And to let everybody know the number to call in is 215-383-3681. Again, like I said, I'm Tim Spain here this south of his 2.66-mile monster. He's uh, Stephen Wilson, CEO of Speedway.com, right outside of Richmond Raceway. Let everybody know coming up here 20 after the hour, we've got uh, the pace car driver in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, Mr. Kip Chidris, going to swing by and talk to us. And also... I want to apologize for last week, the technical difficulties on our part. It was a third-party deal there with Blog Talk. We're not happy with them, but I do want to apologize for that. Everything's back up and running, and it sounds a lot better than what it did before. But, again, number to call is 215-383-3681. Call in. Let's talk a little bit about uh, this past weekend there at, at Dover and talk about the Cup Series and the Truck Series coming to Atalanta Super Speedway for the 1000Bubs.com. 500 for the Cup Series and the Sugarlands 250 there. And, Stephen, talk a little bit about the Sugarlands 250. I want to talk a little bit about I want to give a big shout-out to Russell Brennan there. Uh, and I'm probably going to send you one of these that I got in one of the media events there. Uh, Suzanne and I both got one. It's a uh, it's a uh, plastic moonshine mason jar. And it's got, uh, on the back of it, it's got the official moonshine of NASCAR. And it's got... Sugarland Shine, the official moonshine of NASCAR. It's got a, a beer koozie. It's got a little shot glass in there. It's got a straw, but uh, I'm going to mail this to you. And I want to give a big shout out there to uh, Talladega Super Speedway and Sugarland Shines for allowing us to have this little sweet gift, Steve. And it it which it also come along with uh, the new Big Bills Garage there, uh, the Talladega Garage Experience. They also give us a uh, coin. And it's in a little uh, plastic deal here. It says, uh, Big Bill France, creator of Talladega Super Speedway, 1969. And on the back, it's got a picture of him standing outside. Stephen, you've seen his picture. We've talked about it. Bill France standing outside, 1969, outside the track, selling tickets to come into his venue. And so, uh, the picture on it is uh, he's selling tickets to, uh, to a guy with riding a motorcycle, but uh, I'm not going to get rid of that piece. I'm sorry. That's going to be a keepsake. I want to thank Russell Brown and a bunch here at Tidal Super Speedway, Grant Lynch, and all them for that. But, Stephen, as we come up here waiting on uh, Kip to come on, is there any news? I know we want to talk a little bit about uh, Dover. Uh, the uh, the uh, 9 car had his troubles, and the 22 car had his troubles also. That's a big shakeup in the chase here for the 2019 Monster Energy Cup Series Championship, isn't it, bro? Yeah, I, I think uh, with Logano, Elliot, both of them having problems, they both, uh, you know, uh, they 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 both uh, they they both got some problems going forward at this time. Um, they got a hole to dig out of, but I think that they have an opportunity to do so. Uh, you look at Next, uh, this weekend coming up, uh, you've got Logano, which has been good at plate tracks traditionally. Um, Elliot has been getting better at plate tracks, and um, 
you know, we've got a couple of drivers that I think that we're going to eventually, they're, they're going to be gone. I think Boyer and Bowman, I think, are two drivers that I don't believe are going to make it into the next round. So, you know, that does give some leeway for, uh, you know, Elliott or Logano to move up, um, providing that they don't win and lock themselves in um, to to the next round. But, you know, you look, you look at the issues last weekend, you look at uh, – uh, axle issues, you look at uh, um, the week before that, it was the um, uh, sway bar issues on Kyle Busch's car, uh, Elliott had problems in his car this past weekend at Dover. You know, these are all mistakes that going forward in the playoffs that, you know, it, 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 that, that you cannot afford. Um, you know, the, these are the things that put people out of playoffs. And whether, you know, these are, you know, parts that just fail because they fail or, you know, whatever the case may be, you know, every team has to minimize the failures because the points are so close and you only have a limited amount of time, three races to get in. Um, and, and a bad race like this is hard to come back from. Now, we've seen drivers do it before. We've seen uh, Ryan Newman, who was out at Phoenix a couple of years ago, um, through bad luck throughout the first uh, couple of uh, playoff rounds. Then you look at uh, Harvick was in the same situation at Phoenix a couple of years ago, and both of them essentially had to win to get in, and I think that's where some of these drivers are going to be faced either this week or the weekend at Kansas. And you mentioned Clint Bowery, Stephen. Uh, I know you and I got the note from uh, Stuart Haas Racing. Clint will, will be making his... 500th career start here in the 1000Bugs.com at Talladega Super Speedway. And just talk a little bit about about Boyer's uh, venture up to up to where he's at now. You know, he was with Michael Washington Racing and all that all that went down. Then he had to step back to a lower tier team. And all of a sudden, Tony Stewart put him in a in a car and uh, he's been driving his ass off, brother. Do you think uh, Clint has a shot to win here at Talladega Super Speedway and boast his up boasts himself up into the into the final four there at Homestead. Well, I mean, you take a look at drivers that are good at plate tracks, and you know, there's there's drivers that again we talk about Logano, we we, we talk about um, Brad Keselowski, um, other drivers like that um, that have been traditionally good. Um, I think Boyer's best chance. Uh, our survival is unfortunately going to come at Kansas, um, to be honest with you. I know it's a hometown track for him, but I do believe he's going to have a better run there. But, again, it's Talladega. Um, you know, we've, we've seen mid-tier and uh, backmarker teams win both Daytona and Talladega in the past. So, really, honestly, anything can happen if he stays clean throughout the day. You know, well, one, two, three, five finish somewhere out along in there um, is going to boost his chances and keep him above that cut line. I mean, uh, get him above that cut line um, where he needs to be. As you mentioned, Stephen, you know, uh, Talladega, just like you said, it's one of them unpredictable tracks. Uh, you know, we had the David and David show uh, a few years back. I think it was 2014, correct me if I'm wrong. Or David Reagan warning David Gillian and run P two there. And uh, you know, like I said, we got your interview we're gonna play here shortly after uh Kip Childers com- Kip Childress comes on. We're gonna play your interview with David Reagan where you sit down with him. 
and he had he he had a lot of big comments there. And it, with that being said, Stephen, where I'm going with this question, I think is could we see a uh, not as per se a non chase driver win, but maybe somebody in your lower tier side. And I don't want to put Matt DiBenedetto in that lower tier side because he had a top ten run this past weekend there at 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 uh, Dover. But we, I mean, you know, anything can happen here, Stephen, at Dega. And you know, just like you said, you could have the big one that could take half of the playoff drivers out. And then you got then you then you say, uh oh, what in the world is going on now? Then you got to refigure points. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a pretty good deal to see you, Andy, brother. Yeah, I mean, honestly, anybody could win. They all have a chance. It's a great equalizer. I know we don't have the plates on the cars anymore, but we still, this this package still works somewhere to a plate uh, race. Um, So it is still kind of a great equalizer. Most of these teams out there have an an honest chance to go out there and do it. I mean, we've seen in the past in the playoffs, we've seen drivers take those valuable wins away, and they were outside, and they're not even running for the playoffs, for example. Uh, Cole Custer, a couple of years ago, switching over to the Xfinity Series, uh, he missed the playoffs but went to Homestead and won. So, you know, they, they, that shows that, you know, it is possible. And these, these Cole Custer is, on, uh, he, he is a top-tier team, so it's not that he's a mid-tier, backmarker-type team. But the point is, is that, you know, any of these drivers can go out there and, and win these races. Um, you take Joey Logano, you know, he's had a bad Dover. If he doesn't get in, you know, you don't know. I mean, he could come back and win any of those races in the next round or even at Homestead and take valuable, valuable wins away from a playoff driver. And, uh, you know, we again, we've seen it in the past. We'll continue to see it in the future as long as this format is there. Um I think it's more the exception of it's more to the exception that a non-playoff driver um, goes and wins these events versus the playoff drivers because I think that they just it just kind of shows who's the cream of the crop at the particular time and uh, you know these drivers have to continue to be on top of their game each and every week. That's right, brother. Let's go ahead and bring on our guest tonight, uh, driver of the Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series pace car. And I hope it don't get stole here at Talladega like it did back in 86 or 87. Let's bring on Mr. Kip Childress in the pit stop with Tim Despain and Stephen Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the main event. Kip, how you doing tonight, brother? <laughs> I'm okay. I've never had that kind of introduction before. Well, yeah, a lot of people we bring on too, Kip. I remember we brought Woody Kane on from MRN not too long ago, and he said, Tim, I'm too old to fight. I said, Woody Kane, I am too. But anyway, <laughs> Kip, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much for taking time to call in. Like I said, uh, I'm Tim Despain here in Talladega. Stephen Wilson there, uh, 
right outside of Richmond Raceway. Uh, I'm going to let Stephen have you first and ask a few questions. And I I got a couple before we let you jump out of here. But, again, Kip, thank you very much for coming on the show tonight. We really do appreciate it. Well, you're, you're absolutely welcome. It's my pleasure. Kip, appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight. Uh, I want to start off with the obvious question. How did you get to drive the pace car for NASCAR? Well, so, so I, I've, I've had a, a unique opportunity throughout my career in our sport to have had a lot of different seats, a lot of different positions, whether it's working pit road or whether it's being up in race control and, and driving the pace car. And, and you know, it is certainly one of the best seats in the house, uh, you know, just to typically sit right at the end of pit road or sit, you know, somewhere where, We've got a, a really good vantage point of, of the racetrack, uh, but you know, but the, some of the best seats or the, vet, the best views from that car is when you look in the rearview mirror and you see 40 of them behind you ready to go back to green. You know, we, we, you know we, we've seen in Days of Thunder so many times about, you know, going out and hitting the pace car, and we've seen drivers go out there and tap you, tap you guys on the bumper, you know, just for fun <laughs> over the years. Um, you talk about these drivers that, that line up behind you. Um, just talk about what your job is and how you well, – uh, what, what, what is your job that you go out there and you pace the field? What goes into that? Because it's just not as simple as riding around the racetrack at, you know, 40 miles an hour. Yeah, so, you know, it depends on the time of the race it is. So when we – are at the very beginning of a race on the initial pace laps, you know, the one thing that we do and, and it's a, it's a very uh, precise uh, detailed speed that we run. So when we, when we roll off at, at Talladega, uh, pit road speed's 55 miles an hour. So we make sure that we, we run 55 and, and we calibrate our pace cars each and every week. You know, most of the time we'll have, the same set uh, of out of one or two or three different sets of cars, depending on if we have the Toyota Camrys or the Chevrolet Camaros or, or the Ford Mustangs, depending on which racetrack that we're at. Um, but we calibrate those cars every week to make sure that those cars speedometers are set correctly. And if they're not, we make adjustments, uh, you know, to the speed that we run. But, you know, when we roll off on the initial pace lap, we set the cruise right at 55. That's what we'll do on Sunday at Talladega. Uh, and we and we we ride a real steady speed, and we don't you know fluctuate that at all. That way, all the teams can get a good tack rating. And if you notice, we have two pace cars at the beginning of every race, and that's that's to make sure that we give everybody in the in the field the opportunity to get a, a good tack rating uh, on that pit road speed. And then, you know, when the caution comes out, you know, throughout the course of the race, you know, the first thing we've got to do is make sure we get out in front of the leader. And there's two of us sitting in the pace car, uh, myself and and Normally, Buster Alton is in the right seat, you know, right beside of me, and and between the two of us, we're listening to race control, and and the series director is on our uh, on our open channel in the tower as well. So, you know, between our race director and our series director, they get us out in front of the leader, and as soon as we get the field captured, we start looking the racetrack over just to making to make sure that whatever may be out there, whether it's fluid or debris or whatever the case may be, that we can give good, you know clear indication of where that uh, trouble is on the racetrack so that the uh, cleanup crews can go out and and take care of that because you know at the end of the day and and I I talk to our drivers a lot about this in the garage area their their lives are in my hands 
And so uh, we, we take what we do when we hit the racetrack extremely seriously. And, and uh, you know, we, we, we don't want to turn that racetrack over back to the guys going back at speed until it's completely ready to go back. I've always called it organized chaos, that, you know, what goes on as soon as the lights flip on and you guys go head out there you know, under the pace flaps. It, it, it's an immense amount of pressure to go out there and, and just see just seeing this organized chaos go on and this, the, the array of equipment that gets sent out there. But from your perspective of it all, what is the most surprising thing that you have seen or experienced since you started driving the, the pace car? Wow, you know, um, that's a tough one uh, because, you know, we we try to make sure that we're prepared enough that when we go out on the racetrack, there are no surprises, right? So I guess, you know, probably some of the, the biggest surprises we've, we've had would be at any of our road courses and, and probably more specifically at, you know, at Charlotte's Roval uh, that we were at. Um, so when you head out onto the Roval, you know, for the first time, or especially if you've got the guys behind you, there are so many elevation changes there. There are so many uh, tight corners there that, you know, things sneak up on you there in a hurry. Um, we uh, we had a little bit of fluid on the racetrack as we came out of the infield there just before going back up onto the oval uh, there at turn eight. And, and I'll tell you that, you know, the fluid was right on the painted line, made it made it really tough to see and it took the you know the both of us that were sitting in the pace car and this was this was right before coming to the red there at the end of the race um but we you know we spotted that we were able to get the the message up to race control so they could get that completely covered and and uh you know of course the guys up in race control made a, a great call i think by by making a stop on the racetrack so they could get that completely cleaned up before we went back to racing and and save green flag racing laps for the fans um, you know, but as far as anything surprising, we, we try to stay well ahead of the curve there so nothing really surprises us. Each week, NASCAR and the tracks, multiple other agencies, they all typically work together, and they, they bring somebody out to drive the pace cars along, or a pace car driver, and we've seen everybody from, you know, your A-list celebrities to Hall of Fame NASCAR drivers to everybody in between. What goes into that? Um, what do you guys have to go over with them for that person that is sitting there driving those pace laps as an honorary pace car driver? Yeah, so a lot of times it depends on who the driver is. Uh, we've had, you know, everyone from Olympic athletes to professional athletes. And when I say that, I mean like, you know, stick and ball athletes, baseball, football, basketball, uh, MMA fighters, Um you know, celebrities from, you know, television and, and the movie industry and as well as, you know, like you said, former Hall of Fame uh, drivers. So depending on their level of skill, their their ability, uh, that goes into to what you have to tell them. You know, everything from as basic as uh, how often do you drive out in traffic? You know, can you drive for, for some of our pace cars, can you drive an automatic or can you drive a manual? Um so, you know, once you, you kind of get the basics covered, because what you find out is, you know, there are a lot of celebrities and a lot of uh, – we had one um, uh, Olympian one time who did very little driving. He lived in the city. He, he traveled by, you know, mass transit everywhere he went. So uh, we, we really 
we really had to hammer home, you know, what lane to drive, how, you know, I go back to the, the uh, pit road speed again, you know, how steady to keep the speed. Um, but, you know, to each one of those, it's so – that's part of the fun of it too because you get to see how excited they are to be a part of the beginning of a race. Um, we I don't remember his name, but we had an uh, a MMA fighter at Phoenix a couple of years ago. He was so excited coming to the green. You know, and I and I always tell the honorary drivers, look in the mirror, see the guys behind you, listen to them uh, revving up the engines, swerving back and forth, getting heat in their tires. They are 40 of the angriest race cars you've ever had, and you're holding them up going racing. So we're coming off of turn four at Phoenix, and this is no joke. He's so excited, he turned on the left turn single signal just before we came down pit road. I laughed and laughed and laughed at him, and he 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 didn't even realize that he had done it. Um, but we get down the end of pit road, and he is he is ecstatic um, with you know what he was able to do to to get us going that day. Last question for you: I've seen you post pictures from sitting inside the race car, and those those cars come running by you. You're you're one of the closest uh, people to the racetrack and to the action. What does it feel like from your perspective? when those cars come racing past you each week? Well, you know, well, a lot of it depends on where we are. You know, when we're at Talladega, uh, you know, this coming week, of course, it's some of the higher speeds that we see of anywhere we go. But we're we're set back a little from the racetrack compared to some of the others we go. Um, you know, at, uh, at the Roval, at Charlotte, you know, we had two different pickup points on the racetrack. We could either pick them up at turn five or in the chicane on the backstretch. Um, at Richmond, we're, you know, right up at the, right up at the end of pit road, you know, probably 20 feet from the, from the groove in turn one. So, you know, for, for one, it's, it's extremely exhilarating because of the fact that they are carrying so much speed when they come by, you know, typically it's an open wall that we're looking through to see the cars. Um, you know, so, so the one thing we have to do is we make sure, and we do this everywhere we go as well is to make sure that parking place that we have each and every track that we go to hasn't changed from the last time we visited uh, to make sure that we've got a, a wall that's going to protect us in the event that something happens right in front of us. And, and honestly, at Daytona, we had two instances in July where the yellow came out, so we put it in drive, and we're getting ready to go out to the track. But when we parked at the exit of the trial, um, just as we started going, we were told to stop. And that's one of those instances where – you know, I teach my kids a lot of time, if I tell you to stop, I don't want you to ask why. I want you to just do it because, you know, nine times out of ten, it's going to be because of a safety issue. Well, when we were told to stop, no sooner than five or ten seconds goes by that a car comes sliding across in front of us, and if we eased out there, then, you know, we might have been collected in a wreck, and we certainly don't want to, to be part of a wreck. But, um, you know, we're we're generally sitting really close to the action which that goes back to that being one of the best seats in the house. Yes, I appreciate you taking time to come on here and talk a little NASCAR, what you do at the pace car each week. Um, hope to see you soon down the road, and I'm going to turn you over to Tim. So thanks again. You're you're welcome, absolutely. Thanks, Stephen. Kip, you and Stephen, y'all talked a little bit about uh, – here at Talladega Super Speedway, which is a 2.66-mile monster, and you have a lot of time coming around here. You, as the pace car driver to Tower, 
at a place like Talladega or Daytona versus a place like Martinsville or Bristol, how fast is that communication going? Which I know it's a little bit, you got plenty of time here at Daytona and your bigger tracks, but just as far as a short track like 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 Bristol or Martinsville, how fast do you have to be on your game, Kip? You've got to be ready, you know, and even even at a Daytona or a Talladega, you've got to be ready as soon as the tower says put it out. Um, you've got to be ready to go because they're, if you have an opportunity to pick up the leader that first time by, that's what you absolutely want. Because one of the things that goes into play there, if you know, when you get the leader the first time by and get the field captured, then, then that triggers the pit road being opened. So if we miss them that time, and if we, especially if we miss them because we've dropped the ball, so to speak, then that, that may prohibit somebody to hit pit road that they need, that really needs to get down there. Um, and we don't want to be the cause of that. So we're on our game. We have to be each and every race. And, and, and yes, things happen really quick at a Bristol or a Marshall, but because the speeds are so much higher at a Talladega or a Daytona, you, you have, you have just a sort of an opportunity to make the decision. Can we pick them up or can we not? Because, um, if if you're not rolling by the time the leader gets to the tribal at Talladega, you're not going to catch them. And to talk a little bit about Kit, what you mentioned earlier about you know you know you got that uh, second pace car back there that's got the uh, bottom half of the 20 starting grid there, and y'all are running that pace lap there. Whenever you come to the green, say here at Talladega, you know they got that uh, that Geico uh, start line there. Does NASCAR let you know coming to the green that them back 20 has lined up and everybody's ready? Do you get that call from racing so, per se? Yeah, so so what happens when we roll the field off? And, you know, this week at Talladega, as as all the races throughout the playoffs are, we, we line the playoff contenders up at the front of the field to roll off the initial base lap. And we do that to recognize the fact that they've made the playoffs, they've earned the right to – to be recognized as playoff contenders. So we'll roll around there, you know, for, for a lap with those guys up front. And then after that lap, you know, the tower will tell the spotters, all right, guys, let's go ahead and get them in your, in your starting position. So the field will have to sort it, sort themselves out just a little bit. And, and you hope to get that done in a lap at Talladega. That definitely won't be a problem because we do have so much time there um, on uh, during a caution lap. But then just before the field comes to one to go, the tower will call down to the second pace car and say, all right, second car, car, you know, when you come off a of turn two, drop down to the bottom and let the field catch up. So that way when the, that, the second half of the field will catch up to the first half, and we try to keep those groups close together so they don't really have to run hard to catch that first half. Um, that way when they come across that start-finish line the last time under yellow, they're a complete field of 40 race cars in there, and they're ready to go. And, and it gives the tower an opportunity to sort through the lineup, make sure everyone's in the proper place before coming to the green. And, Kip, my final question before we let you jump out of here. Uh, we're coming here to my home track, like I said, Talladega Super Speedway. Uh, Richard, it's the 50th anniversary here at Dega. Richard Childress is going to drive the three car. He's going to be in front of you. Uh, how's that going to feel for you following that uh, that number three car that won his final race here in 2000 here at Talladega Series Speedway, following that Richard Childress car? 
Yeah, so the first thing I told Richard when I heard about, you know, he being the honorary pace car driver and, and driving Dale's car is I told him it wasn't fair. I said, you know, if you're going to do that, I think I need to be uh, in the car with him. Or at the very least, he needs to let me drive it throughout the whole race. And, and of course, I got, you know, I got a look that only Richard can give you when, when you're saying something as crazy as that. But, you know, it is uh, – you know, you kind of chalk that up to uh, an instance like, uh, you know, we had Richard Petty at, at Darlington a couple of years ago that, that led the field in, in his famous number 43. You know, seeing that black number three at Talladega where it was, uh, you know, set in Victor Lane so many times and especially that final time. And, and you know, that's that's going to be one of those special moments that, uh, you know, every, everyone that's been a fan – uh, everyone who will continue to be a fan that, that knows the history of Dale Earnhardt in that place and the history of Richard Childress and Dale Earnhardt, it's going to be a very special, special time. And, and, uh, and you know, we're all looking forward to it. You know, uh, me and, and all of, all of our officials and, and everyone that's, that's a part of that garage, that's just going to be a real special deal. And, you know, the last thing I, I kind of joke with Richard, I say, you know, we had the black flag, the King at Darlington, don't make us black flag you too. It'd be bad to black flag the three at, at Talladega. So you got to, you got to kick out of that. <laughs> That's awesome, Kip. Kip, uh, we will get with you this weekend, uh, I'm sure. But again, I want to thank you for taking time to come on. I want to thank Stephen for getting you on. And we want to give it, normally we give drivers time to thank sponsors and whoever has helped them get to where they're at. But we're going to let you have the this moment of glory. Anybody you thank or uh, that has helped you get to where you are in this sport, Kip, you got the floor, brother. Yeah, you don't have enough radio time for that. You know, uh, you know, I'm I'm a I've, I've long said I'm a, I'm a third generation NASCAR official. You know, my grandfather and my dad did this ahead of me, and I am extremely proud and and feel privileged to be able to do this kind of following in their footsteps and. Uh, you know, but, you know, just like, uh, you know, crews and drivers and whatnot, they have folks that they do think, you know, obviously we spend a lot of time away from home. So, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't thank my wife and my daughters for, for letting me have the job that I have because it is, uh, it's not work. It's, it's a whole lot of fun and we get to, to do what we do each and every week of the year. And, you know, it's a pretty cool deal when every other week there's a little something in the mail for you. So, uh, looking forward to getting down to Talladega, seeing a brand new garage area for the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series. Him, Big Bill, you know the the building that'll be sitting right there in the middle. I think the fans will really enjoy that. You know, we get a, a good up close personal view of our uh, playoff cars that'll be garaged all around that building. Um, just can't wait to get down to Talladega and see the guys get after it. Amen, brother. Again, Kip, thank you very much, and uh, I'm sure we will find you this weekend at Toto Super Speedway, but again, safe travels coming down, and again, thank you very much for coming on, and uh, you got the best, you got the best ride in NASCAR, bro. <laughs> That's for sure. Yeah, thank, anytime you anytime you want me on, I'll be more than happy to, and we'll look forward to seeing you this weekend. Thanks, Kip. Appreciate it, brother. Uh, we'll see you this weekend at Talladega. That was Kip Childress, sir. Uh, pace car driver in the NASCAR in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series there. He's coming to Daigle this weekend, Stephen. And, uh, I, I mean, what can you say? He's got the best seat in the house, brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, I thank all of us who are very much envy, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, they, it, it's a job to go out there, do what they have to do, 
but also they can have a little bit of fun at the same time. So I, you know, um, it's tedious. It can be stressful. It's again, it's organized chaos. Um, from the race directors and everybody putting all the parts and pieces together to keep the show rolling um, for the fans and, um, you know, just going out there and leading that pace car out there. It's just, just has to be one experience uh, all in itself. When I talk to him this weekend, I'm going to see if he can give me one of them show new for that right there. Ah, ah. <laughs> All right, uh, Stephen. Let's take a little quick break. I know you're tired, and I'm I'm give out too. But let's take a little quick break and play a little bit of Turn Down for what? We'll come back live from Duggan Nation. I'm Timmy Spain, alongside SpeedwayDigest.com's Mister Stephen Wilson. <laughs>
We're back live from Dugan Nation. I'm Tim Spain alongside of Speedway.dish.com's Mr. Stephen Wilson. He's right out of Richmond Raceway there. Steve, that was a good interview there with Kip Childers, uh, driver of the Monster Engine NASCAR Cup Series pace car there. Uh, didn't realize how of a timing that they were on. They were on like a second timing also, just like everybody else is, bro. Yeah, so um, yeah, they they've got to go out there and do their thing. They got to be on the ball. They always got to be, you know, ready to go at a moment's notice. Um, you know, some races they they get to sit back, they get to relax uh, a little bit, and uh, watch the race. Uh, you know, kind of like a Dover this past week where we didn't see that many incidents incidents outside of uh, the stage cautions and uh, for Elliot and you know, early earlier on in the race and a couple, you know, other odds, a couple other uh, cautions. But, you know, this weekend, <laughs> unfortunately, I don't think they're going to get the kick back, kick the feet up very often. I don't either, brother. And let's let everybody know the number calling is 215-383-3681. And, Stephen, you sit down with David Reagan there uh, from Front Row Motorsports and talked a little bit about uh, – his uh, career there in the Nash, in the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series, Stephen, you want to say anything before we play that interview? Nope. Roll on. All right, brother. Y'all listen in, brother. This is the one and only uh, Stephen Wilson with David Reagan from Front Row Motorsports. Back with David Reagan tonight. He's joining us to talk a little bit about his uh, career in NASCAR and Appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight, give us a little time, talk about what you've been up to and uh, your plans for the future. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having us on. We've got a lot of racing left uh, to finish the year strong, but then my yeah, schedule will be a lot different uh, going forward next year. I plan on spending time uh, with my family, uh, stick around home a little bit, but hopefully be at the racetrack some, getting uh, you know back behind the wheel. In a couple of different series, maybe a couple of different tracks. We'll kind of see how it all plays out. I want to start off with how you started off your career. You, you've been big in the legend cars there in, in the state of Georgia. And as we look at drivers today, or you've looked at drivers over the last 20 years or so, a lot of drivers have found this as a jumping point or a starting point. It's a fairly inexpensive way to get into racing where there's not a lot of capital costs into it. But talk about just, you know, how you see the, the Legend Car Series and how it's so helpful today for, for you know, families that may not come with uh, great wealth but still want to get into racing and, you know, kind of test test the waters. Yeah, the Legends Car Series was a great series for me, and it still is a real neat series for the, the young folks that, that want to race and the young kids that want to race. I think that, you know, my family had a, a racing background, and it was easier for us to get a car and get to the racetrack, you know, have some tools and stuff like that to go. But for, for the normal family, that that's kind of tough, and the Legends Car Series being a spec series is the ideal race car that, it is very competitive, they're fast, uh, they're hard to drive, uh, they teach you good habits uh, as a race car driver, uh, but they're fairly inexpensive, uh, so you don't have to worry about having a you know, different chassis build, uh, different engine combination, a lot of, you know, shocks and different suspension parts, because uh, a lot of those parts are standard across the, uh, the entire field, so 
that that was something that was able to keep the cost down for my family when I was young. And still today, when I go out and, and race my Legends car, I can take the same car that I raced with four or five years ago, and it can still be competitive, and I can still go have some fun today. So, yeah, the Legends car series was great for me and a lot of other young kids uh, around the country. You uh, you came up into the Cup Series in the early 2000s. You took over the number six car at Ralph Fenway Racing uh, for, for Mark Martin, who had uh, previously been in the car. Um, talk about your ascension. Talk about how you got there. Um, and specifically, you know, your dad had started about 50 or so races in the Premier Series also. So how much was he influential and able to help you out as you moved through from that legend car years up until you got into the number six car? Yeah, the the timing was right when I was ready to come into the sport of NASCAR. I was finally 18, graduated high school. The sport was really booming in the early 2000s, so a lot of teams were looking at young drivers to sign to multi-year agreements, uh, help them race in the ARCA series and the Sub series, and see if they panned out. And so I was uh, very fortunate to come at a good time uh, when, when Ralph Fenway Racing was looking for a couple of young drivers, I had some really good experience in the ARCA Menard Series. I was able to run a few short track races when I was 18, uh, actually 17, and then run a few big track races when I was 18. So I had some pretty good experience driving a 3,400-pound uh, stock car with 750 horsepower. So when I had the opportunity to go test the truck, Jack Rouse, I felt at home. I felt comfortable. Uh, I didn't have the best resume that some of my counterparts did, but it was, uh, you know, it was timing uh, on my side, certainly, uh, following my, my few starts in the series really to help uh, get in the truck and uh, get going pretty fast in 2005. I'm going to go back to 2013. You you won for Front Row Motorsports there with your teammate David Gillen right behind you. What do you what do you take away from that day? What what do you most remember from that day uh, in 2013 and, and going to Victory Lane for, for uh, Front Row Motorsports? Yeah, that was a special day. Obviously, the Talladega track. A lot of my family would come to because it's fairly close to Unadilla, Georgia, where I grew up. Uh, our car owner is uh, fairly close to him, uh, being from Tennessee. Uh, so we had a lot of friends, a lot of family there. And Talladega is a special track. It's got a lot of history in our sport. And anytime you can run well, there is a, a cool day. But we had a fast car. Our Ford Fusion was uh, was driving well. It had good speed. Uh, Doug Gates and, and his entire group did an outstanding job uh, putting a good engine under the hood. And, uh, things just kind of worked out. Uh, it was getting dark. The uh, race was a little short because of rain. And I had David Gillen that was working with me. And when we made the right moves, uh, the seats parted, and we were able to maintain a big run that we had on that white flag lap and be able to get to the lead. So and that was something that you know, you lay in bed and you dream about sometimes as a kid, even as an adult, you know, having the fact to, you know, make a pass for a win, Talladega in the closing lap. And it was fun to be able to do that. I've been on both sides of the, of the uh, ball there in Talladega. I've been in the garage with the corner race car, and I've been standing in victory lane. So definitely each way can uh, can happen pretty quick. Uh, I'm fortunate that day in 2013 we're able to, to win the race. You announced earlier this year that this is going to be your last, last year in the Premier Cup Series. Talk just a little bit about what your decision-making process goes into into that, and how do you come to grips knowing that, 
after this year, you're not going to be on the road for 40 weeks a year uh, with the Cup Series. Yeah, I'm looking forward to staying home a little bit more. I've got young girls that are in school that are starting to get involved in different sports and other interests, you know, with their friends and people in the community. So I felt like it was an important time for me to be home and really give them, you know, my full attention. Uh, I've been very selfish the last 13 or 14 years. The uh, entire, uh, you know, days and weeks and months throughout the year was all about me and my race schedule and where I was going racing. Uh, I've had a good run. I've had a lot of fun. Uh, I wish that uh, you know that that I've been able to uh, get a few more race wins and championships, but uh, things didn't fall that way, and and that's okay. Uh, I tell everyone that I was uh, very excited and grateful just to make one or two Cup Series starts, uh, much less several hundred, and have a couple of wins. So it's been a, it's been a fun run, and hopefully I can still be around the racetrack and you know help the uh, you know the industry and the sport in, in some way continue to grow and, and flourish uh, with, with whatever uh, spot is available whether it be on a team or with uh, the station body maybe TV partner or someone like that my last question for you is a two-part question when you look back across your career what what is one or two defining moments into your career that you would like people to remember you by and, and secondly um, what is your interest uh, once you do fully get away from the sport or, you know, full-time away from the sport, what is your interest in coming back? Is there a particular series that you may look at part-time or, you know, something that you may go out and run for fun? Well, I hope everybody remembers me for just being a, a hard racer and a good person. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of guys that have been able to win more races than championships. There are so many talented race car drivers that have in one of these cars. Some haven't even won a race at the premier level, and they're really good race car drivers. So I'm uh, very grateful to have just been a part of the series for uh, several years. I know the series will continue on whether I'm there or not. Uh, so I've got some very fond memories of that. And going forward, I hope that I can still get behind the wheel and, and run a few races here and there. I love the short track. Uh, I would love to go back and try to win a truck series race. That would be a lot of fun. But you may find me. Uh, at Orlando Speedway, racing my Legends car, maybe here in Charlotte, uh, maybe a few Arca races. I love uh, Salem, Indiana, uh, Winchester, uh, a few of the tracks that uh, I got to race on uh, that, that are really cool uh, in the Arkham and Art series. So uh, you, you never know. Uh, I'll kind of put together a couple of deals when, uh, when the timing's right and still be home as much as I can as well. I'm going to give you the last word here on this. This is your time to thank anybody that's helped you in the sport, helped you to get to your level in the sport, and um, thank any sponsors, thank anybody, car owners, whatever. This is your time. Uh, I'm going to give you the spotlight to to have it, and uh, I appreciate you taking the time to come on here tonight, and best of luck throughout the 2019 season, the remaining part of it. Yeah, thanks for having us on. Really, uh, just thank all the fans. I mean, the fans are so important to our series and our sport, and I'm so grateful to have so many good fans over the years that have supported me, that have shown interest in my driving career, that have supported my manufacturer, my sponsors. uh, Yeah, I can't thank all all the fans enough. I look forward to seeing you guys down the road, and I'm a fan at heart. So I may be sitting next to you in the grandstands one day at the next NASCAR race. You never know. Thanks a lot, David. I appreciate you coming on tonight. Like I said, best of luck in the remaining part of the 2019 season.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.